Scrapes News. It's Summer of Horror 2020, Part 4. Tonight, your horror hosts, Chainsaw Paul and Wolfman Memo, head out to the middle of the woods to review 2013's Evil Dead. Mia and her brother David stay in their family's old cabin along with a few friends. They have no idea of the sinister activities that took place there, or what finding an old book bound in human flesh could unleash. So grab that boomstick, don't read from a Necronomicon, and welcome to Podcast from the Crypt. We begin with the reign of terror. A few murders here and there. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello, boils and ghouls and little kitties. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Podcast from the Crypts with your horror host, Chainsaw Paul. And I am your permanent guest host, Wolfman Memo. Ow! Fuck yeah, dude. Hey, that was an epic intro, Wolfman. You know, like, I've been wanting to try out, like, a Crypt Keeper fucking voice for an intro, but I don't think I could pull it off, so... <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it would kill our throats doing that. Uh, you gotta applaud the guy that did the Crypt Keeper voice, because, uh, you know, his throat was all jacked up doing that voice, for oh, sure. Oh, I'm sure. What was his name? Uh, John Kaiser, I think it was? Maybe we should just hire him to to fucking introduce our show every episode. (laughs) (laughs) You want how much? Shit, we don't even get paid. (laughs) Jesus Christ. We don't have any sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) We won the lottery, and then maybe we could hire somebody. Yep. Uh, We'll hire him, Elvira, any other bastard that wants to come to our show. Yep. Well, I mean, we do have Alistair. He comes in here and fucking records the show intro for us. But then he, like, fucking leaves, and uh, we don't hear from him again. You know that's actually the first time we've ever mentioned fucking Alistair on the actual episode? Yeah, man, we don't uh, really have Alistair come back. He just does our intros. Yeah, I think he's going to, if if we don't uh, let him have a little bit more uh, involvement in the show, he might quit on us. You think so? Yeah, man. One of these days, we're going to have to get him out from his uh, smoke break from on top of that uh, gravestone that he hangs out on and invite him for, uh, you know, at least a little bit, at least one episode. Have him come back. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not like we fucking pay him or anything. (laughs) I actually don't know why he does this for us. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fuck, we've never even mentioned him before. I know. I think it's he does his own mentioning. Uh, I think it's because you summoned him with that Ouija board that you got. That's how you. That's how we got him. That's our backstory of uh, how Alistair got involved in our show. No, you know, I, I did a casting call when we first started the show. 
and uh, I was looking for some fucking some creepy dude that lurks in the shadows, and I I kept getting the wrong kind of fucking replies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe I need to reword this. Now you know, Alistair fucking hit us up. And- ah, well, he's a cool guy, so uh, we'll have him come up on the on one of these shows uh, pretty soon. We'll definitely have him come on the show. Because like you said, he'll fucking quit, and then, then we don't have our fucking ghoulish narrator. <laughs> yep, that'll be it. We'll uh, we'll have to do it ourselves. So uh, what you been up to uh, lately, Chainsaw Paul? Burning up, dude. It's hot as fuck. Just sitting here in the fucking in the garage recording. It's late as shit right now, but it's still fucking blazing. It's almost 1 o'clock in the morning right now, and it's hot as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm hot, too. Uh, I have my window open this time in my car, so um, I think the audio will still be good, and it's pretty quiet outside, so should be all right. Um, so uh, you got any horror news for us, Chainsaw Paul? I got some horror news for you, Wolfman. All right, so the first thing I heard, actually I heard today, is that the new Candyman reboot, reimagining, is going forward. It's going to come out for sure this year. Um, they're looking for an October 16th release date in theaters, because apparently most of the theaters are opening up this weekend. I didn't know that until today. I don't know if you heard that memo. I heard that they were opening, but I didn't know the date. I heard that they were trying to, like, AMC was trying to entice people on the first day that they open, to, that they come in, and they're going to have, like, 15-cent movies or something like that. That's right, oh, like a, di- a dime and a nickel. Um, I mean, that's what I saw somewhere, but, you know, the internet could be lying. It could be truthful, but I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't click on it to find out the date or any other info. I'm sure they're going to do limited amount of people that can actually be in each theater. So they'll probably, they'll still have to do their six feet apart with the seating. But even then, like there's still going to be people that are kind of like weary about going to theaters now being in enclosed spaces with other people. Mm. So some kind of a discount makes sense at (laughs) least for a little while, but, but that's kind of low, man. That's, that's fucking kind of, that's crazy. Let me entice you to come into our death traps. Only 15 cents. Yeah, that's, that's still, that's, that's low, dude. <laughs> I mean, that would be fucking dope. Honestly, for me personally, I, I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm, I keep my hands clean. I do all the precautions that we need to do. Like, I, I have no problem with going to the theater. Like, you know, as soon as there is a movie playing that I really want to go see, I'll go. I'm not really worried about it. What if you see like a group of fat slobs that like look all like dirty and they're sitting right next to you, Paul? What do you do? Well, I'll, I'll just have to move. <laughs> I'll just have to move, man. What if or it's a or demand team? my 15 cents back. <laughs> <laughs> see, nope. here, here's the, the, under, the underline, the shit that you didn't read. Yes, we're doing 15 cent movie movie tickets, but our popcorn sales are going up to $50 a bucket. Hell yeah. <laughs> because of the extra precautions that they have to take when popping corn. So yeah, you know, Cripsters look forward to Candyman coming out October 16th of this year. 
There was another thing about this movie that I saw, and it, apparently it's been pissing fans off. So the star of the movie did like a photo shoot for this magazine, and he was in the full Candyman getup, the jacket, the hook, the facial scars and shit that, that they did for the movie. And people are getting pissed off because they're saying that it was like a huge spoiler. That, oh shit, now you showed us he is going to be the Candyman and we weren't sure if he was actually going to be the Candyman in this movie and all that. And I'm just like, dude, like, it's not a fucking spoiler. Everybody knew this. You know, even before, when they first started talking about it, they're like, we're getting somebody new in here to be Candyman. Like, how is this a spoiler? I can understand if they say it spoils it as far as uh, finding out what the design of it is. But not like, oh, we didn't know that he was going to be Candyman. It's like, come on, man. Like, I know Tony Todd's attached to it, but did did people really think that they were going to do this switcheroo and Tony Todd was actually going to be Candyman the whole movie? Come on now. Yeah, I mean, it was already announced that that other actor was going to be the new Candyman. Um... So, I mean, the only thing I can say is, yeah, it's like, I mean, I haven't seen what the design is or the photo shoot myself, and I don't really plan on seeing it. It looks really cool. Like, he looks awesome. I'm super stoked. I mean, I, I don't I don't really have to see it. You know me. I, I want to see some candy, man, no matter what. <laughs> but um, as far as the design, I can understand where people are like, oh, man, like, like I didn't want to see it because, like, you want to be surprised when you first see it. I can understand that. Yeah, I get that. Like, if it was the argument was that, oh, I didn't want to see him in the full getup until the movie. But, you know, apparently it's like people are pissed that they ru- it ruined the surprise of him actually becoming Candyman. And that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, like, if he was just, like, in the the like the coat or whatever without the hook and, and without the makeup and stuff, you know, it couldn't be, like, just a little bit of a of a little teaser that wouldn't give up too much, you know, but yeah, I guess with the hook and the makeup, you know, I still don't think it was too much. If anything, personally, it makes me even more stoked to see it because he looks fucking awesome. Uh So I can't wait to see the performance that goes with the look. Hopefully he fucking kills it. I'm looking forward to Kenny man coming out and that's cool news that it's going to be coming out this year. And, uh, yeah, for all you Cripsters and uh, all you moviegoers, if you want to take that chance of that 50 cent, 15 cent movies, uh, and they're at your own risk, Cripsters. <laughs> all right, so the second bit of news, uh, I don't have too much on this. I just, I just saw this today, and it was very little. But we're having another horror remake in the works. This one hasn't started production yet, so sort of take it with the grain of salt uh, you know we've we've been hearing a lot about these remakes coming and then they just get canceled another remake <laughs> yep and this is one that i i kind of hope that it does get canceled because it's just not a good idea at all it it's really not a fucking good idea they're gonna remake the exorcist what no yes <laughs> no that uh i don't think that'll work the movie company Morgan Creek owns the rights to The Exorcist right now. So I'm sure it's one of those they need to put a movie out to retain the rights. Yeah. It's either going to be fucking shit or it's going to be fucking horse shit. You know, shit because they're remaking 
one of the best fucking horror movies ever, if not the best, that doesn't need a remake at all. Or they're going to do it really fucking shitty, and then it's just even worse. Well, all I got to say is uh, good luck to them, because if they're really going to go with that, uh, they're going to need all the luck they can get. Because it's going to be hard to replace the performances uh, the, of the original. Um, and it's going to, how would you be able to uh, capture uh, the same scares that uh, the original had? Because it was new at the time. And uh, now it's like everybody and their mama has seen that one. Yeah, the movie's almost 50 years old. So I get that. Okay, well, you know, the movie's fucking old. So let's modernize it for a new audience. You know, that's usually the. The idea when these remakes come along, not the exorcist, man, you just don't do that. It's just like if someone was like, oh, we're going to completely remake the Wizard of Oz. You don't fucking do that. I don't care that the movie's fucking, what, 90 years old. Yeah, some movies are just don't you want to want to touch because they don't need it. Uh, You're not going to get the same performances and the same iconic actors that were in them. And uh the actors that uh, do portray them, they're going to be compared to the ones that came before them. And that's usually not going to be a good thing because, you know, those actors and those performances are on a pedestal. And if you don't kill it, uh, you're going to get, uh, you know, tomatoes thrown at you basically is going to be the uh, reaction. Yeah. You know, and it's they, they could go a couple of ways with this. Either they're going to do a full scene for scene remake of it, which the fans are going to completely fucking hate because it's like like you said how how they they can't capture the original in in any way any way shape or form they're not going to be able to get the same reaction or or something better especially with the scene for scene so so like i said they can either do it that way or they're going to do complete reimagining and label it the exorcist and that's going to piss everybody off too so if they're going to go forward with something along the Exorcist lines, I think they should do either a prequel or a sequel. You know, we're in this this trend of of starting of doing these sequels that start right after the originals and and completely forgetting about all the other sequels that happened. You know, we've seen it with Halloween 2018. It worked. So, you know, like as much as I like the Exorcist 3, you know, it had nothing to do really with the first one. Exorcist 2 was just horseshit. Uh, and then you had the other prequels that that worked, or the Exorcist at the beginning, that, that, that was good. I liked it. Dominion was good. You could forget all of those and just do another prequel or do, I would say, do a sequel that starts right after the original one. That way they could do, they could have free range of whatever the hell they want to do. And just, you know, don't bring any of the other characters back. Do a whole new story along the same lines. That would work. I would say uh, that or uh, maybe another demon, a different demon, or even if it's the same one, but, you know, like uh, fighting against a different priest. Who knows? But don't do the same thing. If you do the same thing, who's going to care? Who's going to want to watch it? Yeah, I know I'm not. I'm not going to care. So, yeah. We have that to look forward to. They said, <laughs> okay, they said uh, 2021, so next year, but there wasn't any word on if that's when they're going to start filming or that's when it's coming out. 
Now, with this whole pandemic thing going on, I can go ahead and say that they haven't been filming it. It's probably going to start filming next year and come out the following year. But, you know, we just got to we gotta sit back and see what they do with this shit. So uh, that's it for the news for, for this episode. Well, thanks for the news, Chainsaw Paul. And uh, uh, hey, you know what? You're welcome, Wolfman. Do uh do we have any horror birthdays for us? I have one birthday for you, Wolfman. Bring it on. Happy fucking birthday, birthday boy, birthday girl, birthday boy, birthday girl, birthday boy, birthday girl. Can be Christ, evil, nice, birthday boy, birthday girl, birthday boy, birthday girl. Happy fucking birthday. So we don't really have any birthdays in the horror scene. Kind of already mentioned the ones that we wanted to for this month. But I do have a birthday that holds dear to my heart. My daughter, Lainey. She just turned four on the 16th. And she is our biggest fan, Wolfman. Well, happy birthday, Lainey. Happy. Uh, yes, happy birthday. You're four years old now. She's going to listen to this and just freak out, man. Huh? Whenever I'm I'm editing and stuff, she's always like, Chainsaw Paul, Chainsaw Paul, Dada. Huh. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> so, yes, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Lainey, and uh, thanks for being part of the show, at least for a little bit. And you, you, uh, if you guys don't uh, don't remember that, when we did the uh, the Friday the Thirteenth episode, she was the uh, sound effect of our. Ch- 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 yeah, she was. I recorded her doing the. And I threw that in the episode. <laughs> yep. So uh, that was pretty awesome. She was a member at least for uh, for a little bit right there. So happy birthday! Boils and ghouls, it's time that you've all been waiting for. It's our movie review time, and we are continuing with our Summer of Horror series. It is part four, and this time we will be reviewing Evil Dead. So, this movie came out in 2013, it was directed by Fede Alvarez. it was produced by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. So, you know, they had their fucking fingers in this shit. It stars Jane Levy as Mia. Shiloh Fernandez as David. Lou Taylor Pucci as Eric. Jessica Lucas as Olivia. Elizabeth Blackmore as Natalie. All right, Wolfman, so here's a question for you. Why did you decide to do the remake and not the original? For this episode, um, I kind of just wanted to do uh, the newer one, and like everybody and their mama has seen mostly seen uh, the Evil Dead, the original, and they might not have given the the remake a chance. Probably thinking, "Hey, this movie's probably crap. They can't uh, top what the the other ones were." So uh, I wanted to to have us review this one, and uh, you know, give it a fair shot and see if we liked it or not. Um, even though I have watched it, uh, a long time ago when it first came out, I I ended up buying the Blu-ray, um, even though I haven't watched the movie until then. And then when I bought it, that's when I watched it. 
Um, and then I only watched it probably like one time, maybe two times. Um, and I remember that I did like it. Um, how about you, Paul? What did you, I mean, what's your experience on the movie? Well, for one, that's a great reason. You know, a lot of people haven't given this a chance because it's a remake. As with most remakes, the original The Evil Dead was a fucking classic. And a lot of people don't, they're not going to want to touch a remake. So yeah, like that's a good, that's a good reason. Um, although we will do a review of the original one someday. Um, no, I, I first heard about this probably a couple years before it actually came out and I was pretty stoked about it. I do like the original one. I like it a lot. Like it's one of my, my favorite horror movies, but it is dated. Um, you know, the, the special effects, although they're fucking awesome, it was, they were done on a very, very, very low budget. And I just thought that it could be modernized um, without taking away from the original. Sam Raimi himself said that it's a movie that that he wouldn't mind seeing anybody fucking take a stab at and see if they could do it better. Bruce Campbell, on the other hand, he never agreed with that statement. But, you know, he's Ash. So, <laughs> huh. well, uh, so, so like, I, even when I first heard about it coming out, you know, I was just, I was stoked. I was like, hey, I want to see what what this is going to be about because by that time we've had a few good horror remakes we've had the the hills have eyes we've had the texas chainsaw massacre uh we had the friday friday the 13th remake which i liked a lot so you know by the time this this came out we already had those good remakes so i was stoked yeah and what's funny is like i think when we did back that uh a few you know quite a few episodes back when we did that friday the 13th uh review um I probably I think I didn't give uh, the remake of Friday Thirteenth uh, a fair shake, and then after you said that, I, I did come up on Netflix and I did rewatch it, and uh, I liked it better this time. Um, rewatching it, so so it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, because I thought it was really good. Yeah, and um, it was it was pretty good, and um, I'm not gonna say it was great, but it was, they did a good job. And uh, see, um, with this one, it's kind it's kind it's cool because. Um, it's not just a straight up remake where everything's the same. Uh, of course, like there's cer- certain similarities. I mean, there's the demons and the, and the, the book of the dead, the Necrocomicons on there. Um, but, uh, you know, there's the, the story's different cause there's different characters that are in there. Um, and you don't know what to expect since, uh, you know, they took it a different, uh, different road. So, I mean, we were just, it was kind of funny that we were just talking crap uh, during the horror news about uh, that Exorcist remake um, that it may or may not come out. Uh, But if they were just going to do it like how you said, if they're going to just do it straight on where everything's the same, doesn't make sense to do a remake on that. With this one, they didn't keep it the same. So, to me, that's one of the the things that I enjoyed that uh, it was different than the, you know, the other movies that came out beforehand. I feel like they went a different route with this and in a good way. Uh, the director, uh, Fede Alvarez, he knew what the fans would want to see, what they wouldn't want to see. He knew that, yes, like we're going to bring in some things that are nods to the original one, but not do it so much that it's overwhelming and and he was really picky about the ones that he actually did include and i i think it fucking worked out well seeing the few little things that reminds you of the first one 
and and all that was really actually really cool. But he also did this because these movies are supposed to be in the same world. They're supposed to coexist together. It's not technically a remake and it's not a sequel. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird how that works. Yeah, I kind of want to ask you questions on that because, uh, I mean, I like the movies, but I don't know all the, you know, I'm not all like where I know 100% all the lore on it. So I'm kind of lost on where it falls between them. I know it's in there somewhere, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I mean, not being all super hardcore on them. Well, yeah, I don't want to give them all away, all the the Easter eggs and shit for people that haven't seen it or haven't noticed them. But, you know, the main one you see, like, within the first couple of scenes of the movie is Ash's car sitting there rusting away in front of the, the cabin. Uh, Mia's sitting on there when she's waiting for her brother David to show up. Yeah. So as soon as that came on the screen, you're like, holy shit, it's the Delta. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I saw that, I was I was wondering if that was, that was what it was. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure until... You uh, texted me about it uh, earlier today. Um, so it's kind of cool, like, you know, that little Easter egg right there. Um, yeah. So it, it had to happen uh, after the first one for sure then. Yeah. Well, you know, they threw that in there not only as a nod to the original movie, uh, but also a, a nod to Sam Raimi himself because in I think in almost every fucking Sam Raimi movie, He's got a Delta in there, and it and it's his personal car. That was his car that they used in the original The Evil Dead. Huh. So, like in his movies throughout his career, he throws that car in there somewhere. So that I thought that was pretty cool. But apparently, it's not the same year as Sam Raimi's actual Delta. It's like a year off, which only like people who know those cars specifically would be able to tell the differences. I didn't. I just found this out by uh, reading up on it a little bit. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. You see something that's even slightly different. It's the same fucking thing. It's Ash's car. Huh. You know what I mean? Yep. So I thought that was really cool. So after they got all this going, the plan was they were going to make Evil Dead. And then they were going to do Army of Darkness 2. They were going to do Evil Dead 2. And then they were going to merge them. So where Ash and Mia have to work together to fight all the deadites. Not only does it sound awesome having Mia and Ash working together in a film, but to get an Army of Darkness 2, that would be fucking sweet. Um, a sequel to this movie, you know, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting that to happen since I seen this movie when it came out and I saw it in the theater. Everybody knows what's going on with, with Bruce and with, you know, Fetty Alvarez dropping out. It's kind of like, fuck, man. Well, that sucks. But, you know, shit happens. Too bad some of these rumors don't uh, don't really do happen because uh, all that stuff sounds really cool. Bruce Campbell himself didn't even sign on to do it and, and give, his, give the blessing until he found out that Alvarez's plan was to not have Ash in it at all and have a whole new group of characters. So nobody was going to be recast to play old roles. That's when he was like, okay, I could do this. Yeah, that's that's what worked for me on this movie was that whole uh, new cast, new storyline with it um, and with the little nods to it. That was all that stuff's cool, uh, you know, so hats off to them on uh, actually going through with that. 
You know, he's a he'll be the first one to tell you that that he's Ash. No one could play him. <laughs> no one could. And, and I wouldn't want to see anybody try. So for them to come and say, you know, we're not even going to have Ash. That was kind of a bold move itself. You know, because most people will be like, well, it's not Evil Dead without Ash. And well, that's that's probably what uh, why if uh, anyone hasn't watched this movie, that might have been uh, the biggest reason of why they didn't watch it was because of that. You could take this story and give it to another set of uh, people, another group. You know, this book travels around and he made a lot of sense with that. Like, why does it have to stay within with Ash? You know, Ash dealt with it, but it's still not gone. So it it got to another group of people in another place. Yes, this one is similar in the setting and shit. But you could take it as it's just another group that found that fucking book and is going through all this bullshit just like Ash did. Because like I said, it's supposed to be in the same universe. I think Campbell said like a parallel universe, but I kind of want to think it's more in the same universe because of all the nods to the original. Now, that makes me think that Ash was actually at that same cabin and dealt with all his shit 30 years ago. And 30 years later, they're there dealing with the shit in that same cabin. One, one thing I got to ask uh, that we're on the topic of uh, the, the similarities and differences on the movie and stuff they've changed uh, what do you think about like uh, the book that they changed the design on it for this movie? Uh, do you think it's just that they they just changed the design and it's the same book, or that hey, there's more than one book of uh, you know Book of the Dead's Necrocomicon? That's actually a good question. I didn't even think that far. Um, I thought as far as to whether I liked the design or not, or or should they have done that. But I even think about the possibility of there being multiple books. I kind of just assume there was only the one. That actually makes sense of why it looks different. I like that that idea better than it just looks different in this movie. I could buy that idea that there's another one and it's different than the than the Necronomicon we've seen in the original. But if it's not, if it's supposed to be the same book, then they shouldn't have redesigned it. I think they should have did something similar with the face. You know, that book is almost as as recognizable as Bruce Campbell and Ash himself. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer the original design myself with the face too. Um I mean, it look that that other one looked good too, but just as far as it just being, you know, the job that they did on designing it with the flesh looking fleshy and uh and the inscriptions and writing and and the drawings that were inside the book all that stuff looked cool but i did miss the face that was on on the front like the original yeah this book looks more realistic for sure um but yeah i like i like the face that's the necronomicon that's a character itself so i would have liked to have seen that come over because other than that there is there is no other characters from the original ones so would have been kind of nice to bring that over and then we could buy that whole idea that the book moves around and the book finds other people. Honestly, if you if if people go in thinking that it's it's basically a sequel, that this is on the same world, Ash existed in this world that that Mia does and David does, I think they would have accepted it a little bit more than taking it as face value. It looks like it's a remake, basically. If you didn't notice all these little things you would think that it's just a remake. All right, so uh, 
we have uh our, our main characters of the uh the movie are uh are Mia like I mean Paul mentioned the people that that play him but uh Mia in this movie is uh she's the sister of the other character David that's in here and uh the brother and sister Mia has been going through a tough time she's in she's uh basically a drug addict she's overdosed uh before we don't see it but it gets mentioned so they're like uh, our characters are converging onto the the cabin uh because they want to it's a fa- I guess it's a family getaway place that uh David and Mia uh own because of their parents had it and their mom passed away um so they're converging on that to help Mia uh, try to get clean so that David and Mia are a brother and sister uh we also have Eric who uh plays a pretty big role on this movie too um he's a he's a friend of the family he's the one that uh accidentally uh you know summons the evil uh from the necrocomicon and uh olivia uh she's also a friend of the family's uh it seems like she probably had a thing going on with david at some point um and she's also a registered nurse so she's there to try to help Mia get through, uh, try to get in clean, uh, and anything that goes with it as far as like the medical stuff she can help her out with. Uh, and then there's one last uh, main character, Natalie, and she plays, she's uh, David's uh, girlfriend that's in the movie. So she's in there, but uh, I would say that uh, Natalie probably has the smallest role in uh, in the characters that are in this movie. Um. So that's basically uh, the different characters, kind of why they're there, uh, their different relationships with each other. Um, so before they do actually meet, we get an opening scene, which I thought was really cool. Like that, that opening scenes kind of got me into like, oh man, like this is, it's starting off great. And, uh, you know, just uh, we want to see some more of this stuff. Um, so that opening scene, we see a girl and she's kind of going through the the woods and she's kind of like kind of cut up and and kind of dirty from from going through the woods so her clothes is all kind of raggedy and she's all breathing hard all scared hiding from something and she gets at where we see her we th- we're thinking that she's probably like one of the victims or something so uh you know she actually gets caught by uh two guys where like one of them puts a bag over her face and uh and the and that that's like a long-haired dude kind of looking dirty as well and skinny and there's another one that has a uh, like a rifle or a shotgun and he uh knocks you know cracks her upside the head while she she's got the bag in the head and knocks her out so next thing we see is that she you know she awakes and she's you know they take the bag off her face and she's tied up to a pole and we see all these crazy looking characters like uh, it looks like some kind of characters left over from um like the remake of the hills have eyes on some of them um and then there's her father that's there so we find we come to find out that like uh they're trying to summon the demon out of her and and trying to save her soul and uh at first you know she's kind of pleading for her life and then we get that motif just like from uh, that first and that second uh, Evil Dead movie where like uh, she find you know, the real uh, 
the real character that's in there, the demon that's in her, that's that's what shows up. And when the dad's trying to light a a, a match to to burn the body, uh, first she kind of says it in uh, in her normal voice, and then when when he lights the match, uh, you see like her eyes change and her face change, and the voice changes to a demonic voice. He drops the the match and it lights her up. It, it was cool because like you see like the body burning and just the way the makeup was done and the characters that are around there um and the the just the uh the performance by all the actors that were there just the, the opening guys that weren't even part of the main story i thought all that stuff was cool and then uh just that that relationship with the father and and that daughter and uh the, the daughter is the one that ends up like killing the mom and that's mentioned as well so all that dynamic, it just was a cool uh, opening to that to that uh, to start this movie off. Um, I don't know. So, what did you think about that chainsaw, Paul? Dude, I thought it was fucking fantastic, and I totally agree. It set it up in a perfect way. It got you ready for the fucking gore, the fucking horror, all that shit that was just waiting for you for the rest of the movie. But the original one, the opening was was them driving to the cabin, kind of lighthearted. This one was, nope, we're going to start off and we're going to fucking force this shit down your throat so you know what you're in for. Yeah, so uh, I thought that was cool. What did you think of those uh, those characters, uh, the look that they had on, on those ones that were doing the uh, the ritual? I thought it was done really well, and I understood why they did that. They didn't want you to know what the fuck was going on, you know? When it first opens, you're thinking, oh, this girl's in trouble, and these people are trying to fucking kill her, that maybe they're the deadites. And, you know, you you, you get into the cabin, and they got all this, like, kind of, like, witchcraft shit around. There's hanging fucking cats and all this and that, and they look fucking gnarly. So it's like, oh, shit, like... They're going to kill this innocent chick, you know? Yeah. And then they fucking just throw that twist on you to where, no, she's a fucking deadite and they're trying to get rid of it. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at these people and then especially that one that, like, I don't know if it had any teeth, being skinny, and just like, it was like a background one. Yeah, that was like a background one, but, like, dude, I was like, I, I, like, after watching this movie, like, I was like, is that actual an, an actor with makeup on? Or was it just like that they did a prosthetic person right there? Uh, but it looked good. <laughs> I was like, because it, it kind of looked creepy. Uh, but it's crazy that that was one of the good people. Yeah, and that was the effect they were going for. They wanted us to think that these were the bad people, you know, maybe in leagues with whatever the hell this force is. Yeah, that was a cool swerve, man. The only problem I did have with that scene was the dad. Like I wasn't, I wasn't buying his performance very much. Oh no! No, like I don't know, man. That was his daughter that he was he was gonna kill. Like he didn't sell it, I guess. I don't know, but I mean that could have been that could have been in like intentional for us to not know what's going on. You know what I mean? Because if he was showing like all that emotion, then then you would think something's wrong. You know what I mean? And I guess the way that he played it was more like, okay, maybe he is crazy and he's to kill his daughter and shit. I don't know. That's kind of, I, I mean, I, I uh, have to disagree. I like that performance and 
that's kind of how I took it, where, like, he already knew that that was going on, which he did. Um, and, yeah, he felt he did still feel bad. He had little moments yeah, he where did, he but... kind of he didn't want to do it because, like, they're all telling him, like, you, you know, that the lady that was doing the uh, incantation, she was telling him to, to give your daughter peace because uh, she wanted to do it right away. And he was kind of hesitating a little bit, yeah. but at the end, uh, you know, he had he did what he had to do. Well, I guess it comes down to we didn't see anything before that, so we don't know how long they've been dealing with her being possessed and, and all the killings that she's done. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. So maybe it, it's been happening for a while. They and they finally caught her, and he's just to the point to where he knows what he has to do. So yeah, I guess that does make sense when I think about it like that. I'm wondering what that now that that we're thinking about like uh, what could have happened beforehand makes me kind of interested if they did like a little uh, mini movie where if, even if it's like 20 minutes long just to do like what happened beforehand and maybe that guy that's there that I said is kind of like uh, weird looking with you know his face kind of like all kind of almost missing because there's like no uh, expression but it's kind of creepy in the the dark background. Uh, maybe he looked like a regular person and like he probably got, you know, maybe he did get burned up by her, you know. Um, so, I mean, that uh, I would kind of like to see, like like I said, a, not not a full movie, but at least like a little mini movie just to give us some more storyline line about it. But as far as for this movie, we don't really need it. It was just a cool opening. Right after that, where uh, the father blows the the daughter's head off while she's burning, uh, or the deadite's head off while while it's burning, uh, it was kind of cool because like while it's burning, like it was like trying to like threaten him and about like uh, coming after his soul, and then while it's burning, it's like it's like all just going fuck, fuck. So you know it's feeling the pain while it's over there. And that actress that did it, I thought she did an awesome job. Like. The makeup too, and just that that effect with the fire, um, and it feeling pain, all that stuff. You, uh, you know, it was all done well. Um, but moving on from that scene, I mean, that's just the opening. But I, you know, like I said, done well and enough for us to like. Okay, we want to see the rest of this movie. So uh, the next thing we see is like it goes into the woods, and then there's a car going through it, and then uh, they end up getting over to the cabin. Uh, which is kind of like, oh, it's really beat up, uh, especially in the sun. Um, what did you think of the design of the cabin, Paul? I thought it was fucking great. It looked creepy as shit. It looked, uh, it looked enough like the original one that, you know, that was a, another nod. It, it definitely felt like an Evil Dead movie when you when you seen the cabin. When I saw that cabin, I was like, damn, who want, who would want to stay in that thing, man? <laughs> Just from like the outside. What was the time period of the beginning scene with the father and the daughter? Like, when did that take place? Yeah, because when they get in there, like when they first go into the cabin, they notice that the, the door's been busted through, too, because uh, you see that damage mm-hmm. uh, from one of the locks right there. Um, and then they do find, I mean, they don't find out right away, but they do find out from that op- that opening scene kind of stuff kind of, it doesn't show up, but it does show up uh when they discover uh, that that secret uh, doorway underneath the floor, and they go down there, and then they find that's where they uh, did that ritual where the where the girl burned up. Yeah, and the cats were still smelling and shit. So I'm guessing that it wasn't too long before they got there that they did all that shit. I don't know. 
I was just like, man, like if I went to our family cabin and it fucking looked like that and we were planning on staying there a few days to try to get my sister clean off the fucking the H, I'd be like, you know what? Let's go find somewhere else. <laughs> this place is fucking horrible. <laughs> Paul be like, this looks like uh, some place where a horror movie's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then I'd probably be like, ah, you know what? Let's stay. You're like, well, but you're like, you're like, you're like, I, you know what? I want to go somewhere clean and nice, but I just don't got the money. Yeah. So we're staying. No, I, I mean, I understand why they made it look the way they did. It's creepier, obviously. You, if they walk into a pristine fucking cabin, it's it's not going to have that same feel. I guess it's more. Uh, the I guess the the little bit of issue I had with it was that the characters didn't question it a little bit more. Or they weren't worried about it at all. They obviously saw that it was broken into. I kind of would be like, I'm, you know, like, whoever's been here, are they coming back kind of thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they did, like, mention it just very quickly. Just a couple seconds worth and that's it. It wasn't really an issue to them, like you said. But I do like the way it looked. I think they fucking did a great job with it. Yeah, I, I like to look, especially at night. Yeah. Know, that one looked really cool at night and, and even spookier. Uh, but yeah, when it, during the daytime, I was like, damn, this place is all messed up. <laughs> After we, you know, they get into the cabin um, and they're trying to get Mia clean. They uh, start doing, you know, trying to clean some stuff up. Me uh, at nighttime, uh, Mia starts, uh, you know, screaming about there that it's a horrible smell and no none of the other people can smell it but she's basically smelling what's going you know that all that that death and stuff that was uh underneath the cabin uh from that ritual like we mentioned with that with the cats hanging there or that the dead animals hanging from chains and stuff and and the girl that got burnt up uh she's smelling all that stuff and that all that death It's kind of weird that the other characters can't smell it, but they were saying that, yeah, her coming uh, off, you know, that she's getting off her the drugs, that her senses are kind of heightened. So I guess that's how she can smell it. But I mean, uh, as far as dead things, I think most people can smell that stuff. And, you know, I, I just maybe they had a bad sense of smell. Yeah. So uh, me and David, they, they have a dog named Grandpa. And uh, while they're mentioning that they can't smell nothing, he starts uh pawing at at one at a rug so david sees it and then they they pull the rug off and there's like blood on the floor uh that was kind of covered by the rug but some of it i don't think it would have covered the whole thing so they open up that trap door they go underneath that's when they discover all that stuff um and they find the book i don't know witchcraft who would do this but the book is uh it's all wrapped up. It's wrapped up in some uh, plastic and uh, some like barbed wire uh, that's wrapped around it. So that's when they discover it. They bring it up, and that's when uh, Eric gets interested in it. So he ends up cutting off the barbed wire and, and ripping the plastic off and uh, checking it out, looking through it. And then uh, there's some parts while he's looking through it that that it's kind of it's all scribbled up where like they they covered up some words that they're trying to have him not read off that stuff, and um, 
uh, him pulling like an ash, he goes in there and he puts a, a paper over it and he starts scribbling over it so we can find out what the words were underneath. And while he's scribbling out and seeing what it was, he starts uh, saying them out loud. So he's uh, summoning the evil back into the world, a la Ash. Estrada. <laughs> Now with that, like in the original one and Ash reading it, I totally believed it because he was kind of like not not I wouldn't say an idiot, but sorta. <laughs> so I could see him just yeah. be like, oh well, da, 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 I'm gonna read it, you know? But but with Eric, like I don't know. I felt like he was just smarter than that. Like <laughs> to just Paul, fucking you just, just because read just it. is it because he's wearing glasses, Paul? No, because I mean he was, he was a teacher and shit, and you know the glasses too. <laughs> you know my glasses make me smarter for sure. <laughs> but you know he, Nerds! yeah. But you know he ignores the fucking the word saying, "Do not read it. Do not write it," and fucking takes out a paper and. Does that whole like secret decoding thing where you fucking rub a pencil on there and fucking reads it out loud? Yeah, maybe he went to prison or something to to find out uh, how to decode stuff like that. <laughs> While he's doing that, at the same time, like uh, Mia just took off on them because she couldn't stand it anymore, and and uh, she split. Uh, so she's heading out, and then she ends up crashing because uh, she wanted like the the demons was she was seeing like like the demon out there before everybody else did and while she's taking off she sees it on the road thinks it's a person that she's gonna almost run into so she swerves off the road and crashes into like a lake um and then she wakes up in that area she's kind of running through the, the the you know through the forest and she gets into these uh like a thorn bush and it starts attacking her like she gets all wrapped up um and the demons there just coming closer to her and it, it just looks like her but just like in the deadite form uh and you know the makeup was i I thought the design looked really well as that with with her as well all, all that stuff looked awesome so uh while that demon's coming up to her uh ends up like kind of like spewing out some kind of it kind of looks some like some kind of organic uh kind of matter that looked kind of like a you know plant kind of thing but uh but black and uh, that goes towards Mia, wraps around her leg, and just goes up her uh, her hoo ha. And uh, she basically at that point she's possessed uh, as a deadite, but not quite. Like she goes back, you know, kind of still her. Um, and there's I guess some uh, steps before she actually does uh, become a deadite, which they shows in the book as well, which Eric sees uh, afterwards, which he's not putting together until after the fact. Uh, one of the first things that she does is like she goes into the shower and she's in there like with the regular shower. Um, her uh, her brother starts knocking on the door trying to get to her because he uh, he recently found uh, that their dog is dead. Uh, Grandpa was found with his uh, brains bashed in, uh, which we see a scene, uh, you know, where uh, Mia bashed it, bashed that uh, their dog in. Uh, so 
he's all knocking on the door trying to get to her while she's showering. Um, I got to ask one thing too, Paul, like while she was showering, um, is that one of those, uh, nude eighties scenes that we missed out since she's fully closed while she's uh, taking a shower? Because usually in the eighties, uh, when there's a shower scene, the girl's naked on this one, she's fully clothed, which it doesn't matter to me, but I'm just saying like, you know, that would have gave it like a little eighties nod as well over there, even though we didn't have that on, uh, you know, any of the evil dead movies from the, from the, from the originals. I don't know. Like there, there's not any nudity in this movie at all that I could think of. So maybe they just didn't feel that they wanted the nudity in the movie. Yeah. I don't think it really needed it, but you know, it would have been like a nod to the eighties right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she's in the shower and then she puts up the heat. So she's basically like throwing boiling water on her body. And then you see like the, like her skin, Start, uh, you know, getting those, uh, like, uh, heat damage from, from that water, uh, when they get to her. So her face is kind of burned up. And, uh, so they're like, holy, they're like, oh crap. So they end up like trying to like take her off They They were like, okay, finally they were going to take her to the hospital or something to get, uh, medical attention. So, uh, her and her brother in the Jeep, they're taken off. They, they, they go back and it's kind of like uh, a nod to the original as well where uh when ash tried to get out of there and then the woods like the, there was like trees that were blocking his, his path to get out of there uh, i think there was kind of like a ravine or something as well uh on, on the original but on this one the there was like a uh some rain was going and it basically uh flooded out the road so it was kind of like a big ass lake and there was no way they were going to get across so uh they're there he finds out there's no way to get back um He's looking at her sister. She's kind of got like a puke or something coming off the side of her face. And she's already kind of turning already. Uh, Eric, he saw, you know, when he looked at the book, he saw that that's one of the things that that they got the demon has to do to uh, take form is that, you know, throw boiling water onto the uh, to the body. So he's kind of piecing everything together. At that point, I think he should have fucking already had enough proof that he fucked up and he should have said something. At, right right then you know it didn't it took him a little bit to start piecing more and more together after more people started dying and shit or he's like ah oh, yeah i fucked up <laughs> but it's like yeah so i can i can under i can understand how you mentioned like uh you would have thought eric would have been smarter and uh and uh piecing things especially by that point but he kind of didn't until things got out of hand for sure <laughs> yeah and and this actually like makes me think of what you were talking about a little while ago about like the eighties tropes in horror and why wasn't she nude and all this and that. Um, they didn't really do a, a lot of the, the, uh, typical horror tropes in this movie. Like there's no nudity. Uh, nobody was doing drugs. You know, she, she was on drugs, but this was beforehand. She, they didn't show her doing the drugs. Nobody was fucking high. So they were, everybody was pretty much in their right minds. Um, nobody had yeah, fucking they, sex. They weren't drinking or having sex either. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I really like that they did that, but that also is like, Eric was completely in his right mind. Like he should have, he should have been like, oh fuck. I shouldn't have done that after he started seeing this weird shit happening. You know what I mean? Especially with, with Mia burning or something. Yeah. Um, and, and I have to agree with you. I like that, that they put that and that that was the tone of the movie. It felt more, uh, 
more that they kept it more in the serious tone. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, even though, like, like you said, like, uh, you know, some of the stuff you had to suspend belief as far as uh, character wise, you know, like you yeah. mentioned. I, I mean, you know, obviously without it playing out how it did, the movie wouldn't have progressed the way that it did. You know, they would have fucking left right away. So I get it. This is just me nitpicking because there's really nothing to nitpick about in this movie. Um, but as far as like uh, uh, the director, Fede, Fede Alvarez, he wanted to take the realistic approach to uh, the horror genre. He said himself, he's like, I, I want it to be like, what would we actually do if this shit was really happening? And he would constantly ask the 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 actors while they're reading the scripts and shit, like, does this make sense? Does this make sense? Would you do this? I love that approach. I think it it it, it made the movie pay off in a big way. Is going more realistic with it. Yeah, I like that realistic approach, and um, there wasn't really like a, any type of a humor kind of thing going on as well. Uh, but it, it but in this movie, it, it worked out. Uh, you know. Yeah, as much as I'm saying that, you know, Eric should have been smarter and said something. It, in in all reality, if you're really seeing this shit going down, you're you're not gonna want to believe that that kind of stuff can really happen. So that's not the first thing you're gonna think of. I know I'm kind of I'm contradicting myself here, but that's because I was like I was saying I'm I, I'm nitpicking the smallest little things, which I, there really isn't. I mean that's just kind of our approach with when we're doing reviews. Like we want to find those nit those. Those little details that were like, hey, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then yeah. and then we'll say, oh, yeah, I love this. I love that. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're going to speed it along here. I think uh, one of the we're going to get to uh, Mia and her turn. And that's kind of where all shit goes down. And that's kind of where the movie speeds up as well. All right. So, uh, yeah, like that's what's going on. They, they uh when things uh, start basically going to hell and that's kind of where the movie speeds up too is uh, where they actually do see Mia turn. They're, they're kind of like talking amongst each other, the friends and the brother and uh, Mia's in there. They notice her and she's got a shotgun in her, in her hands and they're like, Holy shit. So uh, she takes a shot and then our brother gets uh, shot in the shoulder. You are all going to die tonight. Uh, she she acts she faints after that, and they take the they try to get the gun from her. Olivia tries to go over there and 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 get the gun, so she's kind of like uh, she was on the floor trying to uh, you know duck and cover, so she's kind of like uh, going slowly over there gets the gets to the shotgun, and when she gets there, uh, Mia wakes up, grabs her by the by the by the hand that she, that uh, Olivia is holding the shotgun with, they kind of struggle. Uh, Mia gets on top of Olivia. And then she's like puking blood all over her, kind of like a, that's a big time nod to the originals, yeah. you know, with all that stuff going. So she gets all that crap uh, thrown in her face. Uh, she's still afterwards, like uh, Mia goes down again or like uh, not. I don't mean she goes down again. I almost forgot. Uh, Olivia actually kind of like kicks her and she goes uh, into that that uh, that cellar. So she goes through the door flying down there. Um, so she's all busted up down there and, uh, Olivia gets up, uh, clean, tries to clean herself off and, and, uh, get some more of that sedative. Cause they're saying, Hey, you got to give her some more. And then she's like, oh, I can't give her any more. Cause 
if I give her some more, that'll kill her. And then they're like, you know, like <laughs> she's, well, you know, like uh, that's not going to be the worst thing. I guess, the you know, the brother agreed. So what's she doing? Sounds like she's hitting herself against something. This is impossible. I just gave her enough time to put a horse to sleep. You can not give her another shot. I can put her into a coma. For Christ's sake, Olivia, she's going to kill herself down there. She goes over to the, uh, to, to clean herself up. She's got that gunk off of her. There's She's over by the medicine cabinet. And this was almost kind of like a nod to, uh, I would say, Poltergeist, Paul, where uh, she's opening the, the, the medicine cabinet. She's getting the stuff that she needs. She closes it, and then you see, like, a different face on there, on the Poltergeist. That's kind of like a nod where, like, that one guy that was uh, kind of doing that, uh, like, the ghost research guy, that, like, when he's over in the bathroom and his face melts off, yeah, the the guy that was a part of the camera crew. Yeah, so it kind of felt like that because like she closes it up, op- you know, opens it, and then you look back on the on the the, the face that's on the mirror, and it's kind of like a demon face, uh, looking back at her with its uh, mouth all kind of whacked out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, later on, later on when they go, uh, when Eric tries to find her, he goes to her, and then she's uh, with her back towards him in the darkness, like it's like you can't turn on a light. And then when he finally goes to see her, she turns around and they're like, holy crap, like she's been cutting out her, her face with the broken glass from the uh, from that mirror. And then you see like most of her uh, like her jaw and her mouth and gums uh, showing on one side. And then uh, she's kind of, you know, she's our, she's one of the deadites from uh, getting puked on. Uh, so Eric and her have a struggle They're They're fighting it out. And uh, I thought it was cool, like the way they did it, like the whoever did the stunt coordinating on that. I thought that was done well because it was like uh, it looks scary. And uh, you can picture like, you know, that that struggle really happening and and uh, him kind of freaking out and getting uh, overpowered by uh, by that, you know, by that Olivia deadite. And it just kind of like going after him and stabbing him towards the eyeglasses as well. And then he got that, you know, with that with that needle. And then he had that needle afterwards after he knocked her out. He took that needle out of his, uh, under his eye. So I thought that was done well. Like, I like how she was fucking portraying a dead-eyed, honestly. Like, the twitching and and all that shit. And her fucking, her face after you see how she's been cutting away at her jaw and her cheek. That fucking looked great. That was like a fucking awesome scene. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. Like the the struggle was was believable. I thought they fucking pulled it off. That little the needle, like you said, him pulling the needle out of the eye. That was like that was like that was one of those you're watching it and just like oh man, you cut you want to look away but you can't kind of thing. Yeah, it's just uh, like I gotta applaud whoever did the makeup. You know for sure. Like uh, I like to nitpick on some of the newer 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 movies on on makeup and stuff, but. Uh, uh, especially when it's not done like when it's CGI and stuff, but uh, it seems like it was like a lot of practical effects that they used on on this one, to me. I had mentioned earlier that Fede Alvarez has a background in CGI, so when they were offering the job to him, and when people found out that he was gonna do the directing, everybody assumed that it was it was gonna be a CGI remake, and people were fucking pissed off. They didn't want to see that. But his intention from the very beginning was, I am not going to use CGI unless I have to. And and only for 
touching things up, making things a little bit better. Like I am going to do what Sam Raimi did on way less of a budget back in the 80s and use practical effects for fucking everything. So in the movie, I think the only thing they really used it on was some of the fire effects um, and just little things like that where they couldn't do it practical. But, you know, they they went all out on the the practical effects and it fucking paid off because it it looks so good. Everything was was basically real, you know, it was a real prop. And I applaud them for that. And they did a great job. Yeah, so, like, after that struggle, you know, like, they're on the floor, fucking Eric's right there, and Olivia's, like, crawling towards him. He fucking grabs a piece of the the broken sink or toilet that's laying there and just starts fucking bashing her brains in, do, 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 do. And that's when David walks in and sees this, and he's like, he, she tried to kill me, she tried to kill me. Uh, she tried to kill me. She tried to kill me. I'm just kind of like thinking, what the fuck was David thinking? What was going through his mind as soon as he walked in and saw that? Like at that point, they didn't they didn't suspect anything was really going on aside from with Mia, you know. So for him to go in and see that 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 was a total surprise, you know what I mean? Because Olivia was just fine just a few minutes ago. He probably thought that uh, Eric was crazy too, because he's looking at Olivia's just brains all over the fucking floor and. But obviously, you know, Eric's all messed up, too. He's got a piece of fucking glass sticking out of his chest. He pulls it out. David pulls that out, just starts oozing fucking blood everywhere. And and Eric's like, you know, he's almost going to pass out because he's lost a lot of blood. I like that they just grab the duct tape and start sticking him on, sticking it on him. <laughs> like, what What can they yeah. do? They, <laughs> they lost the nurse. Well, the nurse is dead. Yeah, they their their nurse is gone now. <laughs> um, all right, so I kind of want to mention something that happened a little bit beforehand uh, that does come into play in the movie uh, pretty soon. Uh, there's a scene where Natalie's cutting some uh, roast beef. Almost, almost kind of looks raw to me, for my taste. Yeah, it didn't but, look uh, very she's appetizing. That stuff up. I don't, I'm not trying to eat raw <laughs> ham. <laughs> I don't know if it was ham. It looked like roadkill. <laughs> yes, it was fucking grandpa. But it might have been <laughs> waste, not yeah, whatnot. Hey, man, they, they, I know they were like, well, we didn't really have anything in the fridge. We only planned to stay here overnight. <laughs> They're like, um, dude, nobody brought food. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, grandpa. Thanks, grandpa. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So. Uh, Later on, you see Natalie uh, while while they're doing tending on with that uh, the medical attention to Eric, and she's over in a different area by the by the uh, kitchen area, and um, Mia is still underneath the cellar. But she's uh, it's kind of like another nod to the Evil Dead, where like that like you see the cellar door open only so much because they put the chains on it. So she's uh, you could see her there, and she's all in her dead eye form in the face, and uh, she's trying to get Natalie to get over to that area the door's open and she's looking around because she thinks that mia got out so she's looking around like oh shit but then she starts hearing mia talking in her normal voice and it's coming from down the cellar you know mia's like help me help me why am i down here you know shit like that so natalie starts kind of walking down the stairs a little bit and and mia's at the bottom of the stairs with her back facing natalie 
and she's talking to her like i need help and blah blah, blah. and natalie's like we're trying to help you you know and fucking mia turns around and then she's she has the deadite face Natalie tries to to get away. She ends up getting bit in the hand by Mia. He gets out of there and and then David comes in and he he saves the day and they they shut the door on on Mia. Uh yeah, so uh that's got to be it was kind of gnarly like you see her and then the next thing you see is she's like washing off the wound and then she's squeezing out that 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 black blood coming out of her hand and and then Yeah, it was almost like uh like it it looked like it would have been like black maggots or something. Like they weren't moving or anything, but it kind of reminded me of that coming out of the bite wound. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, it was kind of like a like a paste coming out of her hand. Yeah, it's uh, just that like was black. Uh, and then and then like you see her hand just getting uh like ter- getting totally like dead, like withering away and and the skin and and uh that's that's like uh it was kind of like another nod to Ash when. He had to chop off his hand. Uh, with this one, it's like almost going up to her arm. So, like I said, I had to mention that uh, that little meat cutter thing, that uh, that mechanical one, because she ends up grabbing that that meat cutter and cutting off her hand with it. And then Mia's all screaming, "Don't you cut that hand off, bitch!" Yeah, uh, she's peeking out from the cellar, like, "No, no, 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 no!" <laughs> yeah so i mean even though i said it was mostly like uh in a uh in a realistic tone that kind of was funny a little bit her saying her uh her saying that stuff well yeah i mean this movie it it did take a little bit from the original one even with how the characters acted so it wasn't as campy as the original one or definitely not as campy as evil dead 2 but it did have that little bit of humor in there with it. You know, that's like Sam Raimi's style of horror. So uh, Fetty, he wanted to incorporate that, but, you know, do it his own way. And I really like that because there's a few scenes that are like that where it's a little humorous, but it doesn't go over the top. So she ends up cutting her arm, and that, that effect looked pretty cool, too. Like, she cut that off, that, the hand, the way it looked. It looked good. Um, and, uh, like, we're thinking, okay, maybe she saved uh afterwards you see that that she's not like you see uh eric and um david they're kind of like in the main area of the cabin and uh yeah next they're they're kind of talking to each other and then eric starts uh you hear like uh like that nail gun that that came up early on in the movie shooting off and then they turn around 
and uh, there's Natalie, and she's got like nails sticking through her face from shooting herself with the gun. So you're like, ah, shit. So she's a deadite right there. And she starts shooting uh, Eric. So, like, he's got his arm up. He's like, he's kind of like, no, like, putting his hand up. And you just see his hand getting those nails shot through him. And and uh, he, so he goes down. Uh, and that looked painful, too. I just thought, like, all that stuff when they when they was happening, I thought they played it off well. Like, the effects were done well and the acting was done oh, well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um. So he goes down. They uh, also uh, David gets uh, shot up as well, like in his leg with those nails. Um, so basic. So uh, Natalie mostly is going after Eric. So she's like, you seeing Eric getting kind of like shot up big time. And then at the end, uh, David saves them with the shotgun, like uh, blows off her other arm. Like they they said they were trying so many different ways to get that that arm blown off to look good. They they had it to where. It was on the string, and it got pulled away. They tried so many different things, and it, it came to them just grabbing it and throwing it against the wall, <laughs> and then they cut it in a way to where once it gets blown off, all you see is it hitting the wall. It's <laughs> like, fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, so the, all that stuff was done well. Um, uh, she, what was that? Like, she kind of like comes, like tries to act like if, uh, like she does her normal voice. And saying, oh. Yeah, so, like, like if she's not the dead, I, she's talking to David, like, why why are you hurting me? And she's walking closer to him, and she's like, my face hurts. She still has the nails on her face, but it's her normal face. She's like, why does my face yeah. hurt? I was like, fuck, because that's another thing. I like to kind of put myself in the shoes of, of characters when I can. So I'm thinking, fuck, if I was David and you're 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 seeing this and, and you're hearing this, like, what the fuck was he thinking? You know, like, it's got to be super fucking hard. Like, he knows that it's not her, but it is her, you know, like lays on his uh, like next to him and and he's kind of like holding her in a way and she's just like it my face hurts and and, and it's just like fuck but i at the same time i was waiting for her to face her face to change back and her trying to kill him but she just dies yeah that was kind of like a a little bit of a letdown i thought something more was going to happen with her but yeah uh, exactly cuz you know it, it it had the setup she was right there yeah yeah where like she does like one more attack or something yeah yeah, but at the same time, I, I I do like that they did that because we got enough carnage like ahead of us. You know, we we still have a lot of shit going on as far as deaths yeah. and gore. So to have that kind of contrasted the rest of it, it made it more sad, I guess. Because if it would have been she changed and then he fucking you know cut her head off, then it would have been like, oh okay. But I don't know. It made it more more sad in a way. I got to say, like, too, when uh, when uh, Natalie was, uh, you know, trying to, like, when she almost killed Eric, but basically that was uh, almost, kind of, that was kind of on it for him, where uh, when she was bashing him with, like, that, that bar that she grabbed or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's uh, that did look painful the way they shot it, too. <laughs> it, yeah. It was effective, because, like, she was bashing his head and, Dude, and you know, all over. Dude, she was hitting him fucking hard. 
and multiple times and that fucker was still alive she was going in for that that last fucking blow and that's when she got shot but he was like looking straight up at her yeah when he stuck his hand out and then uh like his fingers got you know knocked off as well no it was like ah crap she like split them down the middle his hand yeah (laughs) like oh fucking jason horses and shit (laughs) Yeah, that le- that looked uh, crazy, man. <laughs> Eric got beat up the most in this movie for sure. Yeah, he did. He got most of the punishment, um, and, and it kind of was like the, the the best effects were used on him. <laughs> it's kind of fitting because he's the one that read from the book. He's the one that fucking brought this shit upon him and his friends. All right, so how we do Cripsers, you know how we uh, skip around on the movie. One of the things that we're gonna skip to is uh, prior to some of this stuff going on. They also uh, were trying to figure out how to save Mia's soul. And uh, Eric, looked through, you know, by looking through the book, he found out there's uh, three different ways uh, that they'd have to do it. They're either going to have to uh, burn her alive, which we saw in the opening of the movie with that other girl, or they're going to have this to dismember her. Uh, that's kind of like a nod to uh, the originals. And, uh, or they're going to have to bury her alive. So uh, that does come up uh, pretty soon. Yeah, so uh, David, he gets to a point where, like, he's he gets to, like, where he's almost going to burn Mia alive. Like, she's down in the cellar. He throws gasoline on top of that area, and uh, he just couldn't do it. He he couldn't burn his sister alive right there, He even though, like, that would save her soul. Uh, he figures out, well, like, he's going to, you know, go over, and uh, he's not going to chop her up which was another option. So last option left is uh, bury her alive. So he's getting things together. Like he's thinking like, I'm going to bury her alive. So you see him go through this montage where he goes in and gets to the tools area. And he's got like a battery and he's trying to set it up where I guess he's going to do it where he can, uh, uh, you know, resuscitate her afterwards by shocking her heart. So he's getting that stuff together, uh, doing and and, uh, getting some uh, shots so, uh, you know, after uh, he buries her, that's that's his plan is he's going to resuscitate her. I really like that scene because it, it reminded me of of, uh, of Ash when he was getting the duct tape and the chainsaw after he chopped his arm off. Yeah. How it would like just cut to little scenes real quick, like him grabbing the, the duct tape, grabbing the chainsaw, hooking it onto his arm. <laughs> it was like 100 percent nod to to the the evil dead. So he ends up going uh, underground, underneath a certain area where he's going to get to her. Uh, but uh, he ends up getting uh, caught by her. Like, she's she's in a certain area where he's in a, in a kind of like a water well, right, Paul? Yeah. Kind of like, ta- you know, throwing him around. She's got like that super dead-eye strength throwing her around. And, uh, bas- at, uh, you know, he's, he's basically getting drowned by his uh, sister Mia. And he's basically almost dead. And in, uh, for you know, he gets he gets saved by Eric on the last minute. Uh, so Eric knocks knocks Mia out, and uh, Eric's basically dying. So he's talking to him for a little bit, and then uh, Eric, like, he kind of played it off like a a little bit of a hard ass because, of course, like uh, David, he wasn't around for so long. Yeah. So he was kind of bitter about that. Uh, but in the end, he knew like, hey, that was his friend no matter what. So he's dying and he's like, oh, man, I'm really glad you came back. And that was kind of like his last words. And then he just dies right there. 
Yeah, that was pretty sad because, you know, Eric, he went through a bunch of shit, man. Like we mentioned, he got beat up. All kinds of fucking stuff happened to him. And and he he pushed through it all, pushed through it all. And then he was finally able to save his friend. And then just, you know, killed over. David had to let him go into the water there. So I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. But, you know, you knew it was going to happen. Yep, so uh, it's just the brother and sister left right there. Um, so uh, the next thing we see is uh, David, and he's burying Mia. She's got like a plastic bag over her head. And uh, she. Uh, I thought the scene was awesome. Like, he's burying her alive. She kind of is there. Yeah. And then she starts talking to him. And it kind of reminded me of different stuff, man. Like, it kind of was like a corpse talking to you while it's while you're trying to bury it. Yeah. Um, and, and it did have that feel of, uh, like an exorcist kind of a thing as well, too. So, um, yeah, so he's, he's burying her. She's in, she's in the hole. He's throwing dirt on her. She turns back to, to normal Mia and she's like, like, well, you know, I can't get out of here. Help me trying to play in his fucking heartstrings. Why do you hate me, David? I know you do. You left home. You left me all alone with our sick mother, and I was just a kid. She made me lie. Every time she screamed your name, I told her you were coming to see her. Like you promised. But you never did. Please stop it. I'm begging you. But at that point, he's just like, he doesn't buy it. And that that's what makes me think of, like, with the father and the daughter, that, okay, we don't know how long that was going on. So he got to that point. So after I thought about it that way, I understood why he, he his portrayal of it was like that. So I totally understand because David was, he's already to the point. He, he knows that's not his sister. So he's got to do this if if he can save her at all. He's going to do this. So, you know, after she's like like pleading and trying to get him to get her out of there and realizes he's not. Then she goes back to talking shit to him and, and, uh, you know, like trying to pull, pull a guilt trip. Oh, you left me with, with our mom when, when I was little and I had to take care of her, all this and that, you know, it's getting to David. It is, but he's, he's on a mission. He's, he's trying to save his sister. And, uh, I like at the end when, uh, towards before he throws the last few, uh, bits of dirt on top of her to finish her off, uh, she's like, uh, you know, uh, that mom, mom hates you now and, uh, she's in hell and she's waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah. So after he buries her, it kind of feels like if that would have been the end of the movie that he buries her, he unburies her after, after a bit, uh, not too long afterwards. And she looks uh, pretty much back to normal. Like her face looks normal. So he basically, you know, it, it looks like he saved her soul, but uh, he tries to revive her and uh, it doesn't seem to work. That that seems like that's going to be the end of the movie, that she's not back. Yeah, because he's trying like for a while and then the battery goes dead that he was using to try to revive her. So, you know, he's he's sitting there for a little bit, just like she just gave up because... There's nothing he could do. And he, he gets up and he's walking away like, fuck, like my sister's dead. You know, he's walking towards the house and then he hears her and he turns around and she's standing there 
and she's like saying her his name and crying and shit and he's like mia and like goes to her and at that point i was just like dude she's still a fucking deadite what are you doing (laughs) you can't (laughs) trust it (laughs) but you know it ends up being that it really was her so like it worked but the force was still there so what it did was it jumped into eric's body because he they didn't dispose of him his brain and shit still intact, so it jumped to his body. David's telling Mia, you know, like we're gonna get out of here, but he's gotta he's gotta go back into the house and get the key for the Jeep so they can get the fuck out of there. So Mia stays outside and he goes in the house. He gets the key, but then he stops to look at a picture of of him and all of his friends. He's standing there and he's looking at the picture, and then all of a sudden he gets stabbed in the neck. You see a, an arm come over and boom, right in the fucking neck. And he he's bleeding like crazy. And then you see that it's Eric, and he's a fucking deadite. And he looks awesome, too. Like, again, the the special effects they did and the makeup work is just fucking top-notch in this movie. Like, I like all the fucking the deadites. They all look great. Especially uh, Eric, because he is so fucking beat up and all, all just, just trash. He looks like a fucking bag of meat. David, he starts, try, you know, he's he's holding the, the gash on his neck, trying to stop the bleed, you know, well, you know, to hold the blood in to, so he doesn't just uh, spurt away and he dies right there. So he's holding his wound, uh, putting pressure on it, and he's heading towards the door and, and he's, you see a figure right there and we, we and it's in the dark. Uh, when he gets closer, you're thinking, oh, shit, that she's going to be a dead eye, too. Um, but no, you go uh, that when she gets revealed that she's, you know, it's her, it's just a uh, normal Mia and she sees that her brother's wounded. She's trying to like, uh, cry, she's crying over him and trying to like, let's, let's both get out of here. And then, uh, he ends up making her like leave. So she goes outside and he closes the door behind, behind her, um, kind of tricking her. Cause it was like, if he was going to go with her. Uh, so he closes the door behind him and then he's like, get out of here. You know, he's telling her to go. And uh, he goes up with the, he gets the gun, the shotgun again. And there's a uh, canister right there. So he's there with Eric and he ends up shooting that canister. And then they both, uh, they burn up right there in the cabin. And it, it almost feels just like, again, like it almost felt like that felt like it could have been the end. But uh, no, 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 there's more. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. No, no there's more yep so uh yeah the cabin's in the darkness uh you know you can see the silhouette of the cabin but with the flames coming off of it so that looked uh cool right there um mia's outside crying and then uh while she's crying like uh the the rain like it was kind of like a uh a motif of the movie where like the rain would come when like evil stuff was gonna happen so uh the rain comes back, but uh, Mia feels it. Like she finds a little uh, present that her brother gave her earlier that was supposed to be like uh, a charm to help her uh, will be strong to get over uh, the drugs. So she finds it because she kind of tossed it earlier uh, when she was upset with him. But so she finds it and then it starts raining and then she looks at the rain and, and you see the rain uh, drops on her face and it's it's red. So it's raining blood. Um. So when that's going on, the abomination uh, demon uh, in the shape of Mia comes out from under her. And it looks cool. Like, you see the back of it? Like, it's coming out from under the dirt. And then, like, the rain. Yeah, it totally, like, reached out of the dirt. Just like fucking good old original Evil Dead and shit. Yeah, and then you see, like, the the rain, which is, like, blood going on its back. And it's uh, 
you know, unclothed. Yeah, so she's uh, getting away. From, she's uh, scared and running away from the abomination. She gets into the Jeep, and it's it's chasing after her. It kind of breaks through, grabs her leg, and you see, like, uh, you know, it's burning her leg. So she screams and jumps off the other side. She runs back to the cabin, and the thing's still after her, and she's... Uh, she ends up uh, finding the chainsaw right there, a la Evil, you know, the original Evil Dead's right there. Uh, but she's getting, like, she goes into the, uh, like, a crawl space, and it's kind of cool because you see that uh, the abomination's there, and then it grabs, like, a, I think, like, a machete or some kind of uh, yeah, of a thing. So, uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, because when, when she's in that, like, that shed or whatever, she looks over at the machete as she goes to get that and then sees the chainsaw which is obviously the better weapon, uh, but she kind of struggles to get it going. You know, it's out of fucking fuel. She she puts the fuel in and spills most of it everywhere. She loses the cap, which later somehow ends up being back onto the fucking chainsaw. And then, yeah, the abomination uses the machete against her. I'm like, dude, she should have just grabbed the fucking machete <laughs> instead of fucking with that chainsaw. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, while she's in that crawl space, like you see the machete going through the wall and, and like just cutting through and, and like missing her a few times, but uh, a few times it does uh, end up stabbing her with it, and it's like, ah, oh, crap! When you see that, the effects were done well. Like you, you kind of cringe. Yeah, it makes me cringe just like seeing it, and it's yeah, like her it when, when she screams, it was just perfect. Yeah, it gets her like in the knee, and like you can see it going in like pretty far, like the skin moving and everything. It was it was done really well. Yeah, so she busts through the wall on the outside, so she gets out, escapes through there, um, and then she gets she's crawling underneath the the jeep to try to get away from him, but she still got that chainsaw with her. With her, uh, she starts it like the abomination gets towards her. You see the legs uh, standing on the other side, so she finally gets that chainsaw going and she chops off one of the legs of the abomination. So the abominations uh, over on the on the uh, other side. She crossed through uh, Mia crossed through the opposite side, uh, trying to get away. And the abomination, like with it one arm, uh, you know those deadites got that super strength. It uh, makes that it topples the jeep on top of her, uh, but just enough to just uh, smash her her hand. So another nod once again <laughs> to the original. It's yeah. it's got a it's got her hand caught. It's all like you know busted. Where you know she's not gonna get it back because it's uh pretty damaged. So she uh the as the dead it's getting closer, she ends up uh you know losing the hand. She's trying to cr- uh, reach for the chainsaw because it's like almost right there, and she can't quite get it. And and then she looks over at it and she's like, "I'm just tired of this shit," and fucking just pulls her fucking arm. To where it starts ripping away from her hand, and it looks so fucking gross. It's awesome. <laughs> she finally like pulls it free, and she's like, "And I love this too, dude." She's looking at it, and she's like screaming like crazy, like it really happened, you know? Like she really feels like that. Like it really fucking. She pulled her her hand off, so that was done really well. She's basically like in a little dialogue saying that she's tired of the drugs, that she's not gonna do that stuff anymore. And uh, she's tired of this uh, abomination coming after her. And then she says, you know what? Suck on this, motherfucker. And uh, cuts him up. Uh, it, she starts up that chainsaw and then uh, cuts him uh, half, you know, in half, basically from the top of its head uh, on down to its abdomen. I will 
And it was a cool shot, like it cut, it, it, you know, she cuts on through it, and then that it's got that all like cool, like all that blood flying all over the place, like uh, yeah. we're used to. So it's got that going on, and then when she's done, you see the the blades come up from the top of it, and some like uh, some uh, some bone and and meat fly off of it from the top, and uh, the abomination goes down and split in half, and it's cool because you see uh, one half on one side and the other half, you can see that the face is still like looking around. So I thought that was a super cool effect. Yeah, I like how they did that. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, and then uh, at the end, the body starts just like uh, getting taken back into the into hell, and it goes kind of gets sucked back into the ground. Uh, so that's basically the end of our movie right there. It gets you know the body gets sucked into the ground, and I gotta ask Paul uh, before I ask the the famous question. Paul, did you watch this movie all the way to the end of the credits, or did you give up by that point? Uh, when I first watched it, uh, actually, the first few times I watched it, no, I didn't. And then you told me to wait. <laughs> and so I, when I watched it today again, I waited. So, yeah, the very end credits uh, are seen after the end credits. You get to see our main man, fucking Ash, Bruce Campbell. He utters his famous line, groovy. <laughs> yeah so uh i don't know that's why i said all this stuff was uh it was it was awesome uh and that that was a nice touch uh at the end for sure especially like how you mentioned that he kind of was uh in and out of this thing where like he didn't want to get made and then he's like okay so like when he read it like he was kind of okay with it so uh that was that was kind of cool to have him right there and it didn't have him in the movie just until right at the end yeah and you know it's it's not official that it's Ash, but it, it's Ash. You know what I mean. He's not credited, so uh, you could take what you want. You could take it that it is Ash, and he knows what happened, and he's saying groovy because you know Mia Mia got you know Mia fucking triumphed and she fucking won, or you could just take it as fucking Bruce Campbell himself thinks the movie's groovy. And it had, that's his that's his approval, but either way, it was cool that he was there at least for that fucking second. Ha! Well, we're saying groovy after the movie too. Groovy. Yes, it was fucking groovy. <laughs> you know, this movie had tons of fucking nods to the original. It wasn't overwhelming. I I didn't think it wasn't like fucking throw it in your face. Uh, we're gonna say every line that that Ash did in a way that Ash did. Uh, I thought it was just enough, you know. Uh, one thing we failed to mention when we were talking about nods. I know we're not talk we don't want to say all of them, but this did have the fucking boomstick in it. <laughs> the the shotgun that they used on a few occasions. So we had the boomstick. We had the fucking chainsaw. You know, it was those nice little touches that that I appreciate them adding into the film. All right, Wolfman, uh give me your score, brother. What do you rate this movie? Oh man. I'm going to have to give it a uh, a negative five. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, my score is actually, I'm going to have to give this movie an eight. An eight out of ten. An eight? Eight out of ten. There you go. It's strong, man. Strong. Um, 
one thing is like uh, it's not really a remake on the Evil Dead, and when you watch it, it's like uh, especially for the first time, uh, it's just awesome. Like that, like I said, that beginning, the way it was shot, uh, all the stuff was done top notch. Like uh, the film, you know. Uh, the shots that the director chose to, to use and the way it was, uh, you know, that some of the zooming and uh, some of those uh, long shots, they were all done well. Uh, the lighting was done well. Uh, like I said, the makeup and the effects, all that stuff looked awesome. Um, the music in it was was uh, was good as well. Like it, it was, uh, to me, almost in the same... Um, the same grade as uh, the original Omen, uh, not as good. Yeah, not as good, but just almost, you know, almost there. It, it, it I can tell, like it probably had some type of, uh, you know, with all the uh, different horror uh, movies and and the Omen and stuff. It probably had like some influences of that stuff in there, but like it definitely mm-hmm. uh, added to the to the film and the feel of it. Yeah, I got that feel. I got that feel too. Yeah. So uh, the the music was done very well. Yeah. So uh, I mean, all that stuff was done well, and uh, and the characters were done well. Like they weren't all cookie cutter people. Like like on some movies, like when we what when we did that uh, that uh, remake of uh, Black Christmas, and I thought those were like cookie cutter characters. These didn't feel like yeah. them. Like they like I mean, I didn't know much about like some of the characters. Like, we, but there was enough for the background to know some you know to get a feel for them at least a little bit and they didn't look all the same or i mean they they look like uh no. good looking people but uh yeah they they seemed like real people yeah believable yeah so uh i th- i thought that was cool yeah so um uh, uh that you know and, and like from all that the the effects and everything the story that's i mean i'm not going to say much more but uh, that's why i give it an 8 out of 10 uh all done well uh, all done top notch it wasn't the same uh story they didn't i, I like that they didn't uh if they weren't gonna have ash in it they didn't uh make somebody else be ash because uh that would have just uh <laughs> i don't think that would have killed it dude it yeah. totally would have killed it yeah i don't think that would have worked at all uh so before i may i probably wouldn't have watched it honestly yeah i, th- I think it probably would have messed up the movie for sure but uh uh, before we get into uh, Chainsaw Paul's uh, score, I got to ask that famous question before we end this. Um, so, Paul, was there enough gore for you? Oh, absolutely, man. There's tons of fucking gore. I, they use like 50,000 gallons of fucking blood just on that, that end scene alone. Everything was, was practical. They did a real good job. Uh, yeah, even though I'm not the gore hound that Paul is, uh, I do love uh, gore when it's done right and uh, and the effects done right, uh, and uh, it's got uh, the Wolfman's approval as well. And uh, the next thing we're gonna do is uh, the last thing on to Chainsaw Paul's score. What do you give it, Paul? All right, I'm gonna give this one a nine point five. Oh, that's uh, super yeah. strong. Yeah, I think I've only given like two or three movies we've done 9.5 maybe even one i don't remember i fucking love this movie i hold it dear to my heart um as far as remakes it's tied with my top three remakes horror remakes it's fucking fantastic it it can be scary like it doesn't scare me because i've seen a lot of shit you know they tried to make it scary and i think they they did that like I think because of it, it, they made it like a more serious tone to that uh, that 
the movie and, and the, the gore that, that went into it. Yeah, they went with the realistic approach, and it, it paid off. You know, I know we're talking about a horror movie about demons and shit, but they, like I said, they wanted to make it like, what would we actually do if we were in this situation? And it fucking paid off with flying colors. Um, it was intense. The The acting was top notch. The Like you said, the characters weren't cookie cutters. Um, we didn't get a lot of character development, but we didn't really need it. They're believable, so I felt for them a little bit more than, you know, a lot of other movies where they, they're just stupid kids doing stupid kids shit. Like, we're talking about horror tropes. Yeah. You know, if they're sitting around just getting high and drunk and having sex and shit, it's like, okay, I know where this is going, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they decided to not have any of that kind of shit in here. They, they wanted, like, a real situation. They went there to get Mia clean. They're her friends. They care about her. You understand why Eric was fucking pissed off at David for for being gone for for so long. Basically fucking leaving Mia's problems to them and not helping them at all. So you, you, you felt that. You got that. Uh, the storyline was fucking great, you know? Touching on that stuff, the storyline was awesome. I love the nods to the original movie. I like to think that it really is all in the same world, same universe. So it's just a, you know, a different time. 30 so years later, Ash was there at that same cabin at one point, And now this shit's just happening to them. So I, I, I fucking, I love this movie. I thought it was great. You think of horror movies, this is what you want. This is what, this is what you need in a horror movie. Yeah. All top notch stuff, man. So, uh, yep. So, uh, for sure. Wolfman recommends this movie. What do you say, Chainsaw Paul? Chainsaw Paul says, go check that shit out. That was our Summer of Horror 2020 Part 4. Are we doing another one, Wolfman? We're going to try to do one more Summer of Horror. All right, that sounds good. One more. So, Summer of Horror 2020 Part 5 will be coming soon. All right, Cripster. So, yeah, that's the end of the, that's the, end of the episode for tonight. Look forward to Candyman coming out later this year. Um, don't look forward to the Exorcist remake. I'm just going to say it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't want to see it. So, And uh, definitely check out Evil Dead from 2013. You will fucking love it. Guaranteed. And if you don't, hit me up on our Instagram and bitch at me. We'll fight about it. Fight in the streets, Paul. <laughs> You guys yes. are going to have a chainsaw fight. Yes. All right, Cripsters. So until next time, stay creepy. <laughs> <laughs>